welcome this week to Hope Solo Speaks. Today, we have the opportunity to hear from a young entrepreneur who had foresight enough to create a brand made strictly for women footballers. Grace Vela is the founder of the first clothing range in the United Kingdom aimed solely at female soccer players. She built her business from the ground up, starting with a pop-up stall at her dad's football tournament to packaging t-shirts with empowering slogans in the back of her garage and in her family's kitchen. As a professional English footballer playing for both Liverpool and Manchester City, she perhaps was born before her time. In her own words, the women players grew faster than the women's game itself. So she turned away from the field of play and into the world of apparel, exclusively outfitting women and girls who are passionate about the game. Grace is a woman with a plan, a woman with a dream, a woman who is an inspiration, both socially and environmentally accountable. What I think is most important is that Grace focuses mostly on inspiring young girls to play football, all while helping young girls and women feel their best in what they wear. Please welcome Grace Vela, CEO for the first ever women's football brand, Miss Kick. Grace Vela, welcome to Hope Solo Speaks. You're an entrepreneur. You're a woman with a game plan. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So you're the the founder of the first clothing brand aimed solely at female footballers or soccer players in the UK, Miss Kick. Uh, Miss Kick inspires girls around the world to take up soccer. Why is soccer so important to you? Soccer has played such an important role in my life. When I was growing up, it was my escape. It what kept me on the straight and narrow when I was in high school. And there's no way, even though my business is in, in soccer or, or football, as we call it here in England, I wouldn't be the person I am. So I was so motivated and inspired to give young girls who might not necessarily have thought of football a sport for them or had the opportunity to even believe that they could be a footballer to see a brand like Miss Kick and, and feel like they belong. Well, so you actually were quite a great soccer player. Is that correct? Can you take us through your career? Yeah, I mean, I'm not not as good or, or reach the levels as you did, but um, I I was at Liverpool till I was 17 years of age. Um, Travelled through the academy, set up there, got to play alongside the likes of Kira Walsh, who has uh, just signed for Barcelona, and Katie Zellum, who's the captain of Manchester United. Um, so I had an, a, a great career there. When I was 17, I signed for Manchester City. And um, again, that was an incredible experience. I was training at the same training facilities as the men were. Um, but sadly for me, I, I got released when I was 18. And I decided at that time that I couldn't even be a professional athlete. So I thought maybe it's time for me to go and do something else. And I decided that football was going to take a back step. And I went to university and it, it was there where I had the idea for Miss Kick. So can you explain what Miss Kick is in your own words? Sure. So Miss Kick is all about representing her place in the game. So whether that's through product in terms of hoodies, T-shirts, headbands, to also our amazing community and creating a safe space for her. Um, We also have our own charity as well. So we call that Miss Kick Foundation. And that's all about giving free opportunities for girls to get into football. So we try to give that holistic approach to the game um, and just trying to change the game. So more girls 
feel welcomed and, and want to be a part of it. Well, this is truly an unbelievable story because you were this this professional footballer. You played for Liverpool. You played for Man City. Yes, you get cut. Many of us get cut and we have to figure out what to do with our lives. You you know, get to your education, but you are truly an entrepreneur and you started. I can't believe I'm even saying this, that this is the first female-only soccer brand in the UK. <laughs> obviously, soccer is a huge sport in the UK. How come it's taken so long? I think just traditionally here in England, it's always been a, a men's sport and they've always dominated. So I think as a culture, we've we've always just seen that as something that boys and men did and and women and girls were expected to do maybe netball or, or gymnastics. So I think that's that's just the way the, the world's been here in England. But it's incredible, the growth post Euros and everything that's happened over the past three years with the WSL and, you know, these big players coming to play in England. It's really drove the game forward. So I think it, it's just the way the times have been. And of course, the FA actually banned women's football at one point, which is just crazy to even say. Um, so I think it just needed a bit of catching up time. And I'm really happy with the way it's going. Well, England claims to have invented the game. So why is the women's game so far behind? Because obviously here in the United States, we've been uh, growing the sport quite a bit for decades now, since probably the 1999 Women's World Cup, but it's been growing with each new World Cup, you know, each new cycle of the Olympics. And England just now, 20 years later, over 20 years later, kind of caught on that there is a huge investment in the women's game. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful game with fantastic players. They're not disrespecting the way the men play. I mean, People are coming in thousands to watch the women play, but it's taken so long. I still, I just do not understand it because England supposedly invented the game. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, one thing we, we've never had previously over the past few years is a pipeline. So the game in terms of the, the professional game and the route to becoming a pro athlete just wasn't there here in England. There was a real gap. So I think in terms of creating an amazing experience for fans to come and watch, the the level wasn't wasn't quite there. Maybe say five, ten years ago, but the the leaps and bounds. I mean, England winning the Euros says it all. The there's obviously been a real change here in terms of the the research, the investment, the time and energy that's gone into the game. So, yeah, it's definitely getting there. Um, but hopefully, it just continues to grow. Did you watch the USA England women's game at Wembley? I did. I did. did. What, what, what did you think of that? <laughs> Oh, goodness. I think we have a long ways to go in the United States before the World Cup, but we tend to do that. We tend to do that. We take a while till we peak. We don't like to peak too early. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, what do you think that the main difference is between English soccer and U.S. soccer when it comes to the women's teams? Yeah. So I actually spent a bit of time over in the U.S. this summer. Um, and the one thing that really stood out to me was I feel like the soccer game in, is very more direct in the U.S. Your um, English football is a bit more um, I feel very tactical, maybe a bit more slow paced. They like to pass the ball around more. Whereas um, I feel like they're very direct and they want to get the ball forward. You want to score goals. There's that real ambition to um, be winning like 5 10 0. Whereas here in England, I think we're, we're a bit slower. Oh, come on. We've, <laughs> we've gotten out of the direct days that go straight down the sideline and cross it into Abby Wambach's head. We've <laughs> far away from that these days with players like Tobin Heath, who's come through the system, and Mallory Pugh. And, very technical midfielders who want to keep the ball and move the ball. But but you're right. We have something about us that we still want to hurry and score. We want to get yeah. down the field and score. And I very I, athletic, like yeah. very amazingly built athletes and things like that. Um, which is a great game to watch. <laughs> Definitely. Of course. 
So tell me uh, more about how you started, because how strange that is. You're 18, you get, I guess, cut, you know, from the team. Your your dream was to be a professional footballer. And then you go and you start this incredible company. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you've been around for four or five, four years. Okay. And how old are you, if you mind me asking? I'm 25. <laughs> That's incredible. So you start this incredible company four years ago when you're 21 years old. You're only 25 now. And would you say that you are living your dream then, even though you're not playing football? Yeah, definitely. Um, Every day I come into work and I can't believe that I'm still going and I get to build this amazing business and brand. But it came from very small beginnings. The I set Miss Kick up at my mum and dad's house. Um, my um, I had £5,000 that my granddad left me when he passed away. Um, and I wanted to do something good with that. And um, I wanted to set Miss Kick up. So I bought my first lot of T-shirts, which I designed myself. And I, I my dad does a big football tournament here in England every year. So I had a little pop-up stall. And um, we sold like 170 T-shirts in like one day. And I thought, wow, this, is, this could actually really, really work. So... I just kept investing that into stock and going to these events and building this community. And um, it's kind of just sort of snowballed from there, really. <laughs> so what, what did your first T-shirt say? Oh, it's awful. <laughs> um, so I think it said, it was like, um, they're not just my friends, they're my squad. Oh my I'm gosh, like, that's my favorite one. <laughs> that was your first T-shirt? or Yeah, that yeah. I that love that. You know why I love that is because you know, I, I played in an era professionally where sometimes yeah. you'd meet a random person on the plane. They'd be like, oh, what do you do for a living? And I'd be like, oh, I'm a professional soccer player. And they'd be like, haha, yeah, right. I mean, what do you really do? Right. And I'd say, yeah. no, I, I actually can make a living playing professional soccer. So, yeah. but they think we're just playing for the, for the habit or to make friends. Yeah. But I love, I love that slogan. Cause it's like, we're not all friends here. We're here to win. This is my yeah. team. Yeah. Or it, it, I guess you called it your what? Your uh, squad. <laughs> your squad, of course. Yeah. One, yeah. But I do love that. I can't believe that was your first t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I cringed a bit because the design wasn't that great. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess the ethos and the message has always stayed the same. So you pack boxes. Um, I, I read somewhere that you started this business in your kitchen, packing the boxes yeah. yourself. Yeah. At your I'm, dad's I'm, soccer tournament. Yeah, I had to convince my mom and dad to hide the boxes behind the couches. And I was going to the post office with all my parcels and the postman was looking at me and shaking his head because he had to process all these orders. So definitely humble beginnings. And I, I, I couldn't believe, I can't actually believe today where we've got to in terms of the growth from going from, from a small town in, in near Liverpool, where I'm from, to having this business, which people have heard of all across the world, which is just crazy. Speaking about your presence uh, globally, have you come over? Have you made it to the States? So I actually came over to the States this summer for the first time. Um, we actually launched a WPSL team called Miss Kick FC. Um, and it was incredible. I, I got connected to a college coach out there called Scott Juniper. He's the UCI head coach. And I was saying to him, Scott, I've got this brand and you know, I really want to grow out in the US. Do you have any ideas? And he said, there's this, this summer league that you can submit a team and you can get them a product and 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 grow your brand that way and I thought wow that's a really different way of doing things so um came out to California this summer I've never been to America before never been as far away from my family before so that was an experience in itself but it was just amazing to see this this soccer culture because I've always been a huge fan and um, being from England you looked at the U.S. 
national team and the success that they've had. And I was wanting to experience that for myself. So the team did, did really well. We've got, we had some great players playing our team, a few under 23 national players, and it was great to get to know them. And of course, see them running around and miss kick product. It was crazy. <laughs> Now, this was uh, the head coach for University of California, Irvine, for all the That's listeners cool. out there. So he helped you. He has, he is English, correct? Yes, he's so English. He, yeah. he felt a, a, helped a fellow English woman. Um, yeah. And you start your brand new first ever soccer team in California. It's called Miss Kick FC. And what you said, you have great players playing for you. And yeah. are you going to continue to do this? Where are you going to go next? That's the dream. Um, when I set Miss Kick up, if I said if I can grow the brand out there, that would be such a dream come true. And um, I was so happy with the way the brand was receptive out there. I wanted to see how the girls responded to it. And they were like, they think it's really cool because like it's very authentic coming from England and obviously football being like back here. So um, definitely I have ambitions to continue to grow the brand out there. And like I say, I want to reach and inspire as many girls with this message. And there's so many young women and girls obviously in America. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully continue that one. I think what's really difficult is that a lot of these professional leagues, they have their own apparel deals, right? Yeah. And so it's hard to break in even with one team. And I keep asking myself, you know, my entire career, I was with Nike. Mm -hmm. Nike, I mean, I personally signed with Nike. Nike sponsored the national team. Nike sponsored my college team. So I was Nike through and through a Nike athlete. I had a lot of problems with Nike um, throughout my career. Now, I think when I first played for the national team, I did not, I wore a men's goalkeeper jersey. If you look back at pictures when I'm like 16 years old, I have a huge jersey flopping around on me. I mean, it, it was horrible, but then yeah. they did try to get into um, women's only cleats for a while there. And then they made them all too narrow. Like all women were supposed to have these tiny, narrow, narrow feet. So they never really got their niche. And I've been wondering for so long, when are we going to see other brands other than your main two, Nike and Adidas, yeah. come over into, into football? Yeah. Do you think you're going to break through? I'd like to think so. I mean, it's tough. It's a tough world out there. It's a tough market. And um, these brands are so big and they have such scope and budget to, to work with these players. And um, rightly so, it is, it's very difficult to do that. But I like to think with what we're doing at Miss Kick, we are for women, by women and um, our message. And I'm really hoping that resonates with players. Um, so although we may not be as big as them yet, we might have that one player who thinks, I really believe in what you're doing. I really like what you're doing with the community and, and want to get behind us. But um, it's interesting you mentioned about the kit and the fit and stuff. So yeah, I don't know what it's like out in the US, but um, we were doing some research with our community about what they want to wear in terms of the, the training tops and the shorts. And, and the biggest feedback that we got was that um, they don't want to wear men's kit, but women's kit is still very tight fitted and short shorts and not all women want to wear this fit. So why is there not like a middle ground for women mm -hmm. who might want to wear like a, a, a longer short, but not necessarily a man's pair of shorts. So we're really trying to listen to our consumers and, and build products that they feel comfortable and confident in, I guess, to go and, and go and perform. Yeah. I remember the the model size, even for professional athletes was like a I think it was like a, they were using, I can't, I, it was like a seven foot, I think pretty average. And then it was like a two to four. So it was our Heather Mitz was like the model size. She was our number two defender. She's a teeny, teeny, teeny compact <laughs> defender. But even with her, I mean, you got muscles, you know, you might be tiny, but we have muscles. And so, you know, it really is still male dominated, which is strange because soccer has come so far. Um, athletics has, have come so far, but it's still very male dominated when it comes to the fit. 
and recognizing that women are all different shapes and sizes yeah. and, and we can all be, you know, the, the model size or the product size, nor do we want to be, nor should we be as athletes. Yeah. So true. And you only have to look at a team and see how different build everyone is. So why isn't the product that fits everyone? Um, it feels very redundant to do that. Um, but like I say, that's what we're trying to change and raise awareness of and at Miss Kick and, and things like that. So you had a, a, a kind of a tough time. You have a startup company during, you know, right before COVID hits. Um, you were doing a lot of in-person sales, I believe, at first. And then COVID hit, the pandemic hits. How, how did your business fare during those times? It was really tough. Um, I remember it happening and we were planning for all these events in the summer. We'd bought all the stock and then all of a sudden the world just shuts down. Um, so I was really, really nervous and I was like, how am I going to get through this? But I think with the pandemic, there was an op- I tried to think of it as an opportunity to try something new or do something different. And I re- really utilized that time to rebrand. So the logo you see today wasn't the logo. It was two years ago. And it enabled me to spend time building that online community that is now such a valuable part of who we are and what we do. And I, I think if it wasn't for the pandemic, I think I wouldn't have had that community and I wouldn't have took a step back and thought about the brand and the way I had the time to. And I don't think I would be here today in the position if I didn't, had, if I hadn't been forced to step back. So yeah, it was difficult, but I tried my best to turn that into a, into a positive. I think you've done fantastic. But um, for all those entrepreneurs out there, those young entrepreneurs, what what is uh, the one thing that you learned as an athlete that you actually use in running a business now? I think resilience. I think you have to be resilient in in sport and in business. You know, things go wrong. You might get injured in sport or, you know, um, products might come and they might be wrong. And it's about bouncing back and having that mindset to just keep on going and keep working hard despite the problems. Um, I think sport really set me up for this world. And, you know, football, when I was growing up, was very male dominated and the business world is still like that today. So I feel like there's a lot of synergy and a lot of <laughs> similarities in that regard. So it's definitely helped me out. And um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot that's very similar. Well, what is a lesson that you learned running a business that you actually wish you knew as an athlete? Oh, I think... I think for me, when I look back at my playing career, the one thing that I wish I was better at was actually um, self-belief and believing in myself. I think I was a very talented player, but when I looked around me, the, there was this level of confidence and an air about these players that I, I felt like I didn't have. So now with my with Miss Kick in my business, I feel like I'm a much stronger person and a more confident person. Um, and I wish I'd knew that now um, and could have implemented that when I was a player. Don't we always wish we could look back and have a little more self-confidence? I wish I just like, you know, push myself a little bit harder. But uh, now, obviously, with what I'm doing, it, it really... You're still fun. young. You have plenty of time to push. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're doing great, my friend. Thank you. I saw that uh, some of your product actually is made of recycled materials. I thought it was awesome, like mm-hmm. brilliantly done with the, the palm trees in the back. And, yeah. Um, like the little personal touches that you have. So if you ever need a goalkeeper, uniform designer, I'm your girl. Come reach oh my out. Gosh. Please. That would be incredible. Because I can't tell you how many problems there are when it comes to goalkeepers. Oh, really? Uniforms, men or women's. Yeah. Being able to move and dive and still being light. They want us to wear, you know, thick layers instead of having it be late. I mean, we're yeah. still sweating in the same stadium. But anyways, I'm your girl. <laughs> when you bring Absolutely. out some goalkeeper jerseys. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, as I was saying, um, so it's very 
um, thoughtful your products with the recycled materials and and kind of reaching to the younger generations as well. Yeah, thank you. With the the kit you're referring to, um, our Miskic FC badge went to as intricate as if you looked at the logo, there's a little B inside the badge. And that's to represent our roots here in Manchester because where the business was born and Manchester's synonymous with the, the worker bee. And um, our community actually helped us co-design that kit. And we asked them, can you think of one motivational quote that we can put on the kit? Did a bit of a competition and on the insides of that kit, it said, we can and we will. And I thought that's that's such a great motivational quote to include. And the players loved it that, you know, they had that connection with the, the girls back in England. Of course. So do you have, um, do you have signed players? We're working on it at the moment. Um, I think for us, what we're going to do moving forward is we want to work with them up and coming athletes, you know, the ones who are on the bridge of making them maybe the first team who our community can relate to and they can give them advice. So we want to do, do more things like that. Cause we know it, like we were talked about earlier, it's really hard for us to work with them, bigger players who have bigger deals. Um, but we like to think if we can work with them younger, they may want to stay with us as we grow. Now you're also giving back to the younger communities. You're trying to inspire young girls to play the game. Um, I've seen the game grow so much um, here in the United States from grassroots level and youth soccer. How is the game growing right now in the UK and how can you help make it grow more? Definitely, it's definitely growing. I think the Euros is, is really accelerated things. There's been so much investment going into primary schools to get the girls when they come through at that younger age into football. So it is definitely growing. I, I was reading a report recently by UEFA in post Euros. There's been 416,000 new opportunities for girls to play football here in England, which is humongous. Um, and I, I guess got not, the chills. Literally, yeah, yes. it's crazy. It's half crazy. a million. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I'm hoping that continues to grow here, here in England. And I guess what we're doing at Miss Kick and through our Miss Kick Foundation is at the moment there's been a, a big research published saying how girls tend to drop out at the teenage years because of things like lack of confidence, body issues, things like that. So we wanted to do something to change this and we launched a series of events called Breaking Barriers this summer and it's providing a role model. So we've had um, Kate McCabe plays for Arsenal, Gabby George plays for Everton, come and speak to these young girls about these topics and it's all about providing them, like I say, with someone they look up to and someone that they aspire to be in the hopes that it makes them stay in the sport for longer. And um, it's something I'm really proud of. And the events were really, really successful. And we're look, looking to continue to do them over the next 12 months. That's truly incredible. You think back and you, you wonder why these programs and this type of education didn't really exist for players like myself possibly players like you, Grace, um, even though you're a decade and a half younger. but you look back and I remember thinking, or getting made fun of even because I was so muscular. I was, and I'm like, yes, I have very broad shoulders. I'm a goalkeeper. I'm the best in the world at what I do. <laughs> do you not want me to be muscular? Because it, it's not feminine enough, I guess, right? So yeah. it was always controversial. And I remember, you know, being a little, when you dress up, you know, and you go to college parties or you go on, like being a little insecure. And yeah. I got rid of that insecurity in my 30s, but way too long you know you should yeah. be celebrated for your physique not yeah. ever feel ashamed and it's really incredible what you're doing because I do obviously believe that these younger generations need to stay in the game longer not not quit when they're 17 18 years old because of pressures or because of being seen as an athlete or soccer not being popular in the UK we need yeah. to keep them in the 
support because there's so much more positives if we do keep them playing longer. Yeah, definitely. And I think them positives transcend away from sport as well. Like I alluded to earlier in terms of my sort of experiences and football, like I say, it keeps your mind straight. It keeps you exercising and, um, you know, the world can be a tough place sometimes for young women and girls at the moment with, you know, social media and the pressures and football such a release. And um, the studies that show, you know, it helps with mental health and anxiety. And yeah, I think it, it, it is the key to unlocking a lot of problems here in England, just getting girls moving a bit more. Um, and obviously team sports, great. You play mixing many friends, you get so many experiences, the memories that stay with you forever. I know with my, my football friends, I would speak to them for years, but you'll see them. And there's just something special because you've been on a team and you, you never really lose that friendship. And yeah, that's what girls are, are kind of missing at the minute. Well, Grace, I know a lot of people really look up to you. You are the founder and the CEO of Miss Kick, the only female soccer brand in the UK, which is still unbelievable to me. You are crossing borders, you're going overseas, you're becoming a global brand, and you're doing it for all the right reasons. Um, you came from, like you said, humble beginnings, and you're really helping the next generation of young girls find their own confidence and find their own happiness playing the sport and wearing gear that actually fit them properly. <laughs> so that's incredible. I can't wait for you to come out with some cleats, yeah. um, shin guards, the whole package. And in the meantime, I need my hoodie. But you can see uh, Miss Kick all over the world right now. You're seeing young girls wear the headbands on television. It was crazy. Yeah, it is crazy when I think about like where it started. And it was just one one day. It was just an idea in my head at university. And to see, you know, it was on TV. We've been on like Sky Sports. It's it's crazy. Um, and I don't think I'll ever be able to get used to it. I think it'll always be them. Every time we get a sale, every time it's that same feeling and, and that never goes away. It's truly amazing. So I'll be your brand ambassador and your designer for the Goldsboro jersey here in the yeah. United States. <laughs> and we <laughs> so, will get some hoodies sent out, of course. I got a younger generation. My daughter, Lozen, she's two and a half. So you can start young with her. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Uh, Absolutely. Grace, Vela, like I said, CEO of Miss Kick, um, you're truly a beacon of hope for any young girl with dreams, whether it's on the pitch or off. Um, a real entrepreneur and a real dreamer. Thank you so much for being on Hope Solo Speaks today. Thank you so much for giving me this platform to tell my story. And it's been an honor to speak to you. Thank you. Hope Solo Speaks is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. SiriusXM Podcasts.